Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace, and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. We've been speaking about the prosperity of, of the soul, and um, it's going to be the basis upon which all other expressions of prosperity will flow. Third John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you will prosper in all respects and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. John prays for total life prosperity. He uses the phrase, prosper in all respects as your soul prospers. So you prosper in every dimension of prosperity as your soul prospers. And there are various expressions of prosperity. Jesus grew in, in stature, that's physical. And so there's physical or physiological prosperity, which includes health. He grew physically. And it also includes material prosperity. There's physical prosperity. That's to be in good health, good, good well-being. And there's material or financial prosperity. That prosperity is to further the covenant of God. The Lord your God that giveth you the power to get wealth, that he might establish his covenant between him and you. Jesus also grew. It says he grew in, in stature. He grew in wisdom. So there's mental prosperity which you spoke about a little bit on Friday evening, mental prosperity, that's growing wisdom, to think like God, to have the mind of Christ. Um, the Bible says he grew in favor with God, that's spiritual prosperity, right? And then the Bible also says he grew in favor with men. That's relational or social prosperity. You must prosper in all respects, not just in one respect. It's plural. You prosper in all dimensions. So you prosper physically. You prosper financially or materially. You prosper mentally in wisdom. Right? You prosper spiritually. And you prosper relationally. Don't have one expression without the other. In some respects, one level of prosperity will open the doors for the other. Like, for example, we spoke on Friday that Mental prosperity will open the way for financial prosperity. If you're endowed with wisdom, you can get witty inventions and innovations, ideas, or operate in your business with absolute sagacity, wisdom, so that you can reap the benefits of that wisdom. Right? Um, John says you must prosper in all respects as your soul prospers. The word for prosper there is yodu which means to prosper on your journey or to receive help along the way as you move from a point of departure to a point of arrival, right? As you leave and you start being obedient from the point of departure, you arrive at your logical outcome, which is the doing or the receiving of what God promised. So whenever you're obedient, you leave the realm of command and you proceed towards the realm of fulfillment. You leave the realm of promise and you move towards the realm of attainment. Movement to that part requires consistent obedience. If it's, you want to say consistent. And I want to encourage you, the writer of the book of Hebrews frames it like this. It's not in your notes. It's found in Hebrews chapter 2. It says, Beloved, we must hold on to the things that we've heard, lest at any time we let them slip. It is said when through consistence you gain territory or you gain ground hmm? through being consistent. And then one momentary lapse can cause you to lose the ground that you have attained. It's very important that you be consistently obedient and that you don't lose momentum in your personal process. Momentum is fueled by the regularity and the consistency of what you put into the process. Don't let up on the intensity. If I say, don't talk 
scandalously about anyone. I said that to you a few weeks ago. And you're doing it for, for, for five weeks. Then one, one event, you fall in that area. You know what you've done? It's like you've covered, you're doing so well. And then you take a few steps back. Paul frames it like this to the Galatians. You've run so well. Who or what has hindered you? You've started in the spirit. But how are you made perfect? In the, in the flesh. The key issue in that little diagram that I did for you, it's on page um, five, is consistent obedience. Everyone say consistent. Consistent obedience. You keep it up diligently. You obey the Lord always. And if ever I want to stress something to the house, be consistently obedient. Amen? Don't lapse and move in and out of states of obedience and disobedience. And you yo-yo like, you're erratic. You're not consistent. Have an intensity about you. Be holy all the time. Be righteous all the time. Think good thoughts all the time. If you find yourself waning, quickly check yourself and come back. Don't wallow in a season in your life called disobedience. For the thing that you submit to is the thing that masters you. If you submit yourself, Romans says it like this, if you submit or bow to disobedience, sin masters you. But if you become an instrument and you yield yourself to obedience unto righteousness is, is, is what you will experience in your life. I'm talking about practical righteousness, not positional righteousness. The Bible says he who is righteous must do righteousness, right? So practice. Everyone say practice. And I want to encourage you. This is going to demand keen focus. You can't be casual about this. I told you on Friday, break the passivity of your mind. Don't allow your mind to lull where you are not thinking. You allow your subconscious to rule your world and your conscious mind um, is left almost like in a comatose state, right? God gave you a mind to use. He gave you a soul, and the mind is part of your soul, right? Don't leave this mind, and your mind has a conscious part and an unconscious part, right? Many of you do things unconsciously, subconsciously, without much thought. It's almost axiomatic. It's like reflexive, okay? You jump in a car, you want to reverse out here. You don't even say consciously, now I'm going to sit. I'm going to put my left leg on the clutch. I'm going to take it out of first. I'm going to pull the lever with my left hand, making sure my thumb is in a certain place. I'm going to pull it down, pull it to my left, and pull it back. And then I'm going to slowly lift up the left leg, apply a bit of petrol, and I'm going to get the move. You don't think that? You just say, chuk, 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 chuk. what's that? The, the, the behavior is so ingrained in your thought pattern, you don't even think about it when you do it. It is so part of you, it requires very little conscious thought. I'm saying it again, it requires very little conscious thought to engage the act to get the specific result. Why? Because you've done it every day for the past 15 years. Everyone say regularity. The more often you do a thing consistently, I'm telling you, being obedient to God in a certain way will become for you so normal, you won't even think about it. You're simply doing it because your mind, that part of your mind now, has been won over to the Lord. So you get paid. You're not even deciding, shall I pay tithes? It is so natural and normal for you to do it. It is so, so reflective. Someone writes a bad email about you Someone betrays you. Someone hurts you. Someone disappoints you. Something, somebody scandalizes you. You don't even need much time to think. You are forgiving in the moment that it happens. Why? Because you've trained your mind. You mind. You shall forgive everyone that trespasses against you. Hmm? Is it possible for forgiveness to become so normal? Right? Where you don't say, okay, she said that, he did that. He said that, now it's the Then the other day, then the response was this and the response was that. And we're trying to work this out. But it's like, no, 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 I just forgive. Right? I just bypass all the little stages of conscious thought 
My mind is so ready to forgive. I simply for, I forgive. Amen? It's very, very, very important that we get this right. Because you are only going to prosper as your soul prospers. You are only going to prosper in all five dynamics. As your mind, your will, and your emotions are prospering. When you think like God, decide like God, your will, and you feel like God, is when God can say, now Randolph, you are ready for the level of prosperity that I have for you. Because some of us, if God has to give us the level he has for us, we're going to bring abortion to it. We cannot sustain it because we have not developed sufficiently a sufficient maturity in the way we think and understand in our choices and decisions and the way we feel about things. We're not there yet. And I'm saying for what God has in store for us, this house has got to have a very, very mature soul. Soul prosperity is conditional upon spirit prosperity. You can't soul, because the, the function and the placement or the performance of your soul is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit through His Word in your spirit. So the soul must follow the spirit. We are saying, prosper, yes, in your body, in your well-being, in your outward life. Prosper as your soul prospers, but your soul can't prosper if your spirit man is weak. And the only way to get your spirit mature is through the word of grace, the light filling your word. Because this spirit too has a mind, a will, and emotions. And this, the mind of your spirit must lead the mind of your soul. The will of your spirit must lead the will, the choices, and the decisions of your soul. The emotions of your spirit must configure how you actually feel in your, in your soul. Very, very, very important. Otherwise, we're going to focus on prosperity in all of its dimensions as an objective, and we will never reach it because we have not secured prosperity in the realm of the soul. Soul prosperity issues forth from spirit prosperity. Amen? From spirit prosperity. There's a verse, uh, I forget where it's found. I think, I think it's in Isaiah 51. It says, as the rain falls down and the snow from heaven waters the earth, right? Um, and does not go uh, and goes back. So shall my word that proceeds out of my mouth. It shall prosper, quoting King James. God uses the word prosperity in reference to his word. It says, it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I have sent it. Prosperity and the word are bound up together. Fruitfulness, success, bound up in the very idea of the word. And this word must fill, saturate, marinate, pickle your spirit and your soul. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm sensing in my spirit, a lot of us are not consciously, not deliberately bringing our soul in alignment with what we are receiving in our spirit. Some of you are doing it for one week and you're lapsing. I'm sensing a lapse. I'm sensing you up and then you bounce back. You up and then you bounce back. You are on a journey. The very idea in the Greek of prosperity is you are in process toward a, something that you desire. So never lose the continuity. You're on a continuum. You're on a, a, a line that like you shoot forth. So I really want to encourage you, don't allow uh, retardation at the rate at which God has put us on. I'm saying it again in the spirit. There's a rate of prophetic fulfillment which I am feeling pressing in upon my spirit. God's saying, I want to work much faster with you. Please don't drag me. Right? God is saying, your house is too much drag. Too much the element of Dragging our feet. Oh, this thing, yes, we're moving. Yeah, new church, new place, new phase. Passover principles, we're all going to go. There's far too much uh, casual thinking about it. And I'm saying the things that you need to do to get your life right, do it now, do it urgently. You don't have the luxury of time. Because it's the window of exodus that God has afforded us. Amen? So please, I want to encourage you, let's, let's take these things very, very, very seriously. We then looked at, just quickly, a few, uh, two Old Testament words translated prosper. 
on page 6. The first one was Salah, Salia. Salah, Salia. I like this. Push forward. Um, everyone say Salah. Next time you say Salah or prosperity, uh, it's amazing. And I was rehearsing the study this morning. My study, I got up early just to pray and meditate on these scriptures. When I think, Lord, how am I going to remember Salah? Remember I said breakthrough, break forward, breakout? Those terms describe this. But Salah means like push forward. Everyone do this. So you push forward. You prosper. You break forth mightily. You issue forth. To prosper is to break out. Is to push forward into a new realm. Is to push forward into the fulfillment of your promise. It also means to succeed. It, this word also is translated victorious. To break forth mightily. It also means to pass over, to surmount. Amen. So are you prosperous? Lovely words, eh? This image of the word salah is powerful. To push forward, to break out mightily, to pass over, to be victorious, to succeed and to profit or to be profitable. Tell your neighbor, I am salaring. <laughs> to prosper. I push forward. In other words, the prosperous person is never a person in stagnation. A prosperous person is a person always in advancement, always moving to the next level, right? A prosperous person is always breaking out into something new, to something fresh, the next level. And I want to encourage you, don't stagnate, right? Don't stagnate. The greatest obstacle to new success is prior success. Say that again. It comes to me now as a... The greatest hindrance to new success is prior success. You know why when you attain a measure of success, you think, I've reached a destination at a point. And your attainment of a particular level can actually prevent you from attaining the next level. Whatever level you've achieved, I want to declare over us this morning on every level, whether it's mental prosperity, wisdom, whether it's spiritual, whether it's relational, whether it's physical, whether it's financial or material, five levels of prosperity. I want to encourage you on any one of them. Go to the next, go to the next level. Don't be comfortable and don't be lulled into a false sense of uh, security or achievement or attainment. Okay? The greatest hindrance to new success is prior success. Okay, we spoke at length of Joseph, etc. on page 7. Another word we looked at was sakal. Everyone say sakal. I love this word because it's also translated prosper. It's used in Joshua 1.8, translated good success. To act wisely, to be skillful, to be intelligent, to be prudent, to act with insight, to act with understanding. Please, everyone say prosper. You're all Bible students here. So when I say to you, prosper as your soul prospers, you think, okay, Greek, yodu, I'm moving and embarking upon the journey. Go to the Old Testament, you think, salah, salia, I push forth, I break out, I jump over, I succeed, I am victorious. And you come to this word, if I tell you, prosper, hit your mind. Everyone, everyone do this. I don't knock yourself out. Just, okay. You say, mind, be wise. Mind, be intelligent. Mind, act with insight. Mind, be filled with prudence. Don't be dull and doff. Be filled with the wisdom of God. Amen? Tell your neighbor you have a mind that must have divine intelligence. I shared with you that how Solomon, the verse is on, on, on the bottom of the page, on page um, 7 at the bottom, 1 Kings 4.29, when Solomon asked for wisdom, what did God give him? How is it phrased? It says, breath of mind like the sand on the seashore. You can't count the sand on the seashore. That's how expansive Solomon's mind was. Your greatest asset is your mind. It's, your, it's either your greatest asset or it's your greatest weakness. Your thinking. Some of us have stinking thinking. I'm quoting um, 
what's his name? Eddie O'Neill used this phrase, stinking thinking. Our thinking is not where God wants it to be. Let me just say this to you. Everyone look at me. If Second John, Third John 2 says, you prosper as your soul prospers, and if your soul includes your mind, which is your thinking, we could very easily well say, you're only going to prosper dependent on your thought life. If you can bring your thinking right, you can, you can, you can sort your prosperity issues out. Hmm? Some of us aren't prospering because we're not thinking right. As a man thinks in his heart, so easy. In the Hebrew rendering of the scriptures, that verse is like this. As a man reckons and calculates. The word reckon is a, like an accounting term. As a man reckons or calculates in the area of his soul, so easy. Right? I said this to you, you are what you think. Nothing more, nothing less. Only how you think, so are you. You're not more than you think. You're not less than you think. You are what you think. In fact, the present quality of your life is a direct indication of the state of your mind. Say it again. <laughs> That's a quote. Please write quotes down. I was at uh, a meeting of pastors on Friday. Um, and Dr. Trine, um, they started to put quotes together. I started this... Um, doing it for my spiritual father. I got a file on my computer open, quotable quotes. Someone I do. Because someone will say something, a powerful, like a short statement. And I'm saying, someone needs to capture this. So I started a file called quotable quotes, someone I do. And I go through his, and if I, if I remember he said something, I open it up quickly, and I, I put it there. I mean, this is very important for Facebook and Twitter. You saturate those two mediums with, with principles of the, of the word of the Lord. If you, you've got a Twitter account, you're limited to what you can put on there in terms of the number of words. Right? So it forces you to think powerful short statements. Right? What did I just say now? My quote. I forgot. Okay. Present state of your... The, the, pre, the quality of your life is indicative of the state of your mind. Hmm? You are what you think. So if you want to change the state of your life, change the way you are thinking. Get God's thoughts. Get God's plans for your life. Right? Some of us aren't prospering because we are thinking inaccurately. This has been a challenge for my own heart as well. Amen? Um, you know, I really pray, God, how was Adam before the fall in his mind? Adam had vast potential mentally. You know that? He could name everything, subspecies and subspecies, zoology, botany, geomorphology. This guy had a knack of calling things into being, naming, right? He had expansive mind, amen? And I want to encourage you, allow God even to stretch your natural intelligence. Hmm? I declare that you're going to be some of the most intelligent beings on the planet. Do you receive this? What is your IQ, your what the intelligence quotient? I, I declare over this house, even your IQ is going to increase in natural terms. Dr. Seki says, no one who ever studies the word of the Lord is a stupid. No one. He has proven, um, not he, he's, he said they've proven, uh, I don't know where this research was done, they've proven that those who study the scriptures Intensely, it elevates the IQ automatically. You fill your mind with God's principles. There's a subtle way of increasing even your natural intelligence. Do you know all the great theologians who are some of the most brilliant minds of the world has, has ever known? Hmm? Great thinkers. Right? Um, Dr. Siki gave us the man's gentleman's name. I just forget who it was. He invented 51 inventions or innovations. And he was brought before the UN. You, you were there. You, what's the guy's name? He mentioned it two weeks ago. South Africa, they, 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 they measure and compare countries comparatively by various standards. One of the standards is the innovation index. Innovation is um, the rate at which a country generates new ideas or new inventions. New, new innovations. And how does those new, evasion, new innovations contribute to the well-being of all countries in the world? 
South Africa is 51 on that list. Leading the list is Sweden or Switzerland. Right? They, every year they generate more new inventions, more ideas that they export to other nations. Amen? Now that's a sad statistic. Eh? The fact that we, you know what it proves? We are not thinking. Other nations are thinking and we are not thinking. Tell your neighbor, start thinking. This level of prosperity is not going to come wrapped up as a Christmas box with a bow to you at your door. Everyone say, Saka. Tell your neighbor, Saka. Do it like, you know, like we do it in the Wednesday, Saka. <laughs> like, you know, we start now, we can do it like we do it. But nowadays, too, they used to hold the, the hand in a certain way and, you know. <laughs> I, I recall a, a joke that uh, Derek Palmer used to tell us about two guys who, who were stationed at a, uh, an institution for imbeciles or for, I don't know, imbeciles or mentally retarded people. And um, the one, they were leaning over the balcony looking at the world, even walking by, and the one says to the other, hey, he said some wise thing. So the other one said to him, hey, we're all stupid in this place. How come you know that? And the other one said, me, kidneys. I got kidneys. <laughs> me, kidneys. <laughs> But I can't tell it the way Derek would tell it. But me, no, kidneys. <laughs> he thought there was kidneys up here. I got kidneys. <laughs> Amen. Everyone say Sakal. Come on, say it again. Sakal. You know, I just think that God wants to give you... Let's look at the scripture before I, I, I say it. New, look at Proverbs 8.21 on page 7. It says, wisdom is talking here. Wisdom. It says, to endow those who love me, that's wisdom, with wealth, that it might fill their treasuries. God wants to fill the treasuries of those who are wise, have an intelligence, a divine intelligence about them. And this is something that is supernaturally given to you by God. I'm going to pray in a short while, really trust in God, that this happens, yes, by impartation as an initial step, but that you grow it and you develop it. Because Solomon said, God asked him, what, what do you want? Ask anything, I'll give it to you. He said, give me a wise and an understanding heart. And the Bible says God gave him breath of mind. God took his mind and put my world in, in your small two hemispheres of your brain, Solomon. I'll infuse it. Then the Bible says, because you have asked this, I'll even give you the things you have not asked for, riches, honor. You see, riches, honor, prosperity, all that comes riding on the back of a sucker. Amen? A sakal mind. A mind filled with divine intelligence. Wisdom, yes, says, I wisdom. I endow those with wealth. I fill their, their treasuries. On page 8, if you look there quickly, let's go quickly. On page 8, Proverbs eight twelve. I wisdom dwell with prudence, and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. Witty inventions. Amen. I really believe our business, our businesses here in this house must grow to the next level. We're going to pray for you in a short while as well. We've been talking a lot. Leo's been talking to us in Esper about so many ideas. And I feel the Lord is saying, um, within next year, we must pick up on these ideas and start to put wisdom into practice. This, this financial prosperity is going to come raining down from heaven. You have to position yourself God gave you a mind to use. So if you use it under the leading and the direction of the Lord, you can get the God result. Amen. And I really believe it's time for, for action. Everyone say witty inventions. Witty inventions. Amazing. Um, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. Page 9. We did all of that on Friday. I want to go to the third word. So... What is the Greek term for prosperity? Quickly. 3 John 2. Yodu. Even say yodu. Right? To receive help as you prosper on, you, on, your, on your journey. Right? The two, Greek, the two Hebrew words for prosperity we discussed are salasalia, push forward, break out, go over, 
um, be profitable, be victorious to suck, to suck seed. In this sakal, to have a divine intelligence, to act wisely. This word is used for good success. God to Joshua, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in day and night, that you might observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, salah, and then thou shalt have sakal, good success. Two words in one verse. God said to Joshua, you Joshua, I'm, you're going to become a military strategist because your anointing is unlike Moses's. You're going to have to go in, plot, plan, scheme, overtake the enemy. You're going to need something Moses did not have. And Joshua possessed a divine military intelligence for conquest. And he, what, is, what is land? The land was the inheritance. How many people want your natural inheritance also? Want to attain what God has promised us. And to enter into the land, we're going to have to have an edge, a divine edge, a divine intelligence. Amen? Tell your neighbor, I am not dumb. Come on, tell someone, I'm not ignorant. Come, confession time, confession. Don't just do it and say it after me. Say it and assert it, affirm it as your reality. Say, tell someone, I am absolutely intelligent. Tell someone, I'm not short on ideas. Say, repeat after me, I'm highly creative. I'm a genius. I have the mind of Christ. I have breath of mind. I don't have a lazy mind. I don't have a passive mind. I have an active mind. Empowered by the word of the Lord. Elohim. Listen carefully. Elohim is the creator. If he who created the universe, how vast and how beautiful is simply earth. Never mind everything else happening in the solar system. What a genius of a genius of geniuses is our God. He's a clever. Tell you that God is clever. We serve a clever God. He's an absolute whiz. He's not short. His mind, I think, you know, the mind of God to do what he did. Just in making, I mean, just look at the person next to you and say, sure. Come on, look at the person and say, he must be a genius. I mean, to, to have done this, has, has, it's, just his, it's just his creative capacity, mind-blowing. And I want to encourage all of us, we all can tap into that creativity of our God. I feel it's the season for it. I feel it is the season for it. Tap into the genius of God. Take your business to the next level. Right? Take your ministry to the next level. Everyone say next level. It's time for the next level on every single front. From the time we put Gate Ministries to Urban Central, I opened up a Facebook page. I think in three days, I think we got about almost 300 plus likes already. Right? What's happening? And everywhere I go, I got so many inboxes, messages. Change the name of the church. Why? You know, to respond to all these people. What am I doing? Making a statement. I did not expect the kind of reaction we are getting. Right? From people. It's like people are noticing, oh, name has changed, so something is new on the horizon. It's like the, even, I think the expectancy is even more out there than in here. But the first from the feedback, just one day, put the Facebook page on, had the logo des- uh, uh, sorted out, we, we, we put it as our, 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 I don't know what they call that page, the picture that goes on the top. Put that on, and this huge reaction. And I started using it as a platform for ministry. I told you I'm doing this diligently now. I'm going to post three times a day using social media. Post three times a day. Why? There was one stage I didn't do it for a whole week. I'm a very active user on social media. I was, I, and I, there was one stage I didn't do it like for a whole week. And there's some guy um, inboxes me and says, Oh, uh, is everything fine? Uh, how are you? Da, 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 da. I see you haven't said anything like for a whole week. I said, no, I just, I was like out of the country. I was in ministry trip. I was just like so preoccupied. He says, oh, please don't stop posting because we live on this stuff. We can't wait. We, every day we wake up and see because where we are, we're getting nothing. So this is like, this is our food, right? So and it really jolted me. We got asked, Jules, there's a guy from Estonia. I don't know who is he. Thomas somebody. Friend on Facebook, haven't met him. He writes to us this week. We sent the, the study out. 
So he responds, thank you so much. No idea how much these things mean to me. Uh, my, my, he's, he's praised to meet us one day. Just in gratitude for what these, these studies are having such an impact. I don't even know where Estonia is. Where is Estonia? Somewhere in Europe. Spain. Okay, somewhere there. Some gentleman in Spain is being refreshed by, by these things. Amen? And I really want to encourage you, uh, take the level up. Take the level up. If you're a writer, take your writing up. Right? Um, if you're a songwriter, take your songwriting up. If you're a businessman, I adjure you, I hear the Spirit saying, take it consciously in this season to the next level. Right? I was encouraging a cousin of mine last night that came to visit. And he was saying how people in his workplace are so shoddy. Whenever the manager or the bosses aren't looking, they're cutting corners, taking extended tea breaks, etc. And we were talking about, I, I was talking about the scripture to him, everything you do, you do as unto the Lord. Even the New Testament says, even your earthly bosses, you don't serve as uh, there, but your service is unto the Lord. So your excellence, your, your standard, even with which you serve them, they must of a truth say, Yo, we know that you are son of God by virtue of your diligence, your, your excellence. We, we, on the previous page, there's a verse from Genesis 39 of Joseph in Potiphar's house. Okay? Potiphar saw him and the Bible says, Potiphar recognized the favor of God is on this man and I am blessed because he is here. And the Bible says, and the Lord prospered Joseph. You want prosperity. Some of you are not faithful even serving your own earthly bosses. But you want prosperity. Prove yourself faithful where you are. And see how God will give you rulership over much. Amen. Be the best worker your company has ever known in its entire history. That's my challenge to you. I hear the word of the Lord. I hear, feel the impulse of the Lord. I'm saying this to you again. You must be the most excellent worker your boss has ever set his eyes on. You make such a difference in your workplace. You go to work. Murder, you go to work on Monday with that mentality. Right? They're going to see the glory of God. And they will know the blessing of God because of my presence here. Potiphar's house is blessed because Joseph is prosperous. Amen? Prosperity is more mental disposition than anything else. Amen? You know, you can have a lot of money financially, but you can be, have a poverty spirit. Hmm? You can have a poor mentality in the spirit. And so I really want to encourage you to do these things. Okay, third word. Okay, why do we always take so long to recap? Now we should be starting. Shalom, shalom. Easy to remember. Shalom. Shalom. What does shalom mean? Peace. So we got shala, we got sakal, now we got shalom, shalom. It's the double imperative, twofold. Shalom, shalom. It means peace, safety, happy, welfare, rest, etc. It is used in Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication and let them say continually, the Lord be magnified, who delights in the prosperity of his servant. This word is very important. You know, shalom, shalom, yes, it does mean peace, safety, welfare, or prosperity. So you cannot have prosperity if you don't have peace. I'll show you in a moment, other verses. Peace is the foundation for prosperity. Peace is the basis upon which prosperity will flow. The Bible says God delights in the prosperity of his servant. God wants to see his servant secure, peaceful, at rest. Not so? He wants to see every single one of you at peace. Internal composure. Restful. Settled. Not uneasy. Not, 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 you your equilibrium not thrown out. Composed. Everyone say composure. Tell your neighbor composure. Prophesy composure for somebody. Composure. You know, you can't be a... 
a dizzy person. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, you, you meet some people and their minds are scatterbrained. Their minds are everywhere. There's no focus, internal rest, um, composure. You know what the Bible says? God is, is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Um, one of the redemptive names of God is Jehovah Shalom. He's the God of Peace. I put this big here. Remember First Thessalonians 5.23? How does it start? I, it says, may the God of peace sanctify you. Holy, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be complete and be preserved faultless or blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior. But the, 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 the makeup of God to whom Paul is praying this, he says, I pray the God of peace brings whole sanctification, completeness, which means nothing missing to what was originally allotted to it. So he appeals this Peace in the Greek is Irene. It means very similar to Shalom, Shalom. So the God who, and remember what it says in the very next verse, faithful is he who promised it. So this is a promise from a God of peace. Your spirit must have peace, your soul must have peace, and your body must have peace. In fact, I, I, I declare peace be with you all. And you should say? <laughs> okay. I declare peace. On all of you. You know why? Let me encourage you. Whatever is giving you sleepless nights right now, get over it very quickly because it's going to hinder your prosperity. Whatever is causing turmoil, anxiety, get over it quickly by God's help. The peace, Jesus said, peace is given. So I impart peace to you. Paul did it. He said grace, mercy, and peace. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Did not only impart grace, which we need, yes, in our spirits. Did not only impart mercy, Paul consciously imparted grace. Please, you are a life-giving spirit. Grace is resident within your spirit. When, I want to challenge you, next time you see a person whose peace is unsettled, Assert your authority in the spirit. So next time I see you, you come to my office and I see you. Hey, pastor, da, 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 da. First thing I'm going to say to you, brother, look at me. Sister, look into my eyes. Peace be with you. I impart peace to your spirit. Do it consciously. Peace be with you. What Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Peace is something that can be given. Amen. Come on, just practice it. Look at the person next to you and say, Peace be with you. It's not simply a, an emotion, a settlement, and an ease you're imparting. You're imparting an aspect of the nature of God Himself when you say this peace, the God of peace. Everyone say the God of peace. When you have the peace of God, you will not fall into pieces, you will not be fractured and, and broken. A peaceful person. You know the root of shalom and irene means whole, together. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. A whole, a wholesome, well, well-rounded person. I mean, you can be in the midst. I'm not saying you won't have trials. You can be in the heat of your greatest battle. And people look at you and say, how come? You should not be sleeping. You should be looking like a wreck like now. But now you have the peace of God. Peace in the midst of a storm. Jesus wakes up in the midst of the storm on the boat. What does he say? Look at this. Look at this. Tell your neighbor. Now, come on. Tell someone. God loves your prosperity. When you are prosperous, God is like sitting in heaven and say, Check how he's prospering. I love it. Think about this. When you are prosperous, the Bible, the word is chapets in the Hebrew, delights. I haven't got it yet. It says it sends within God such feelings of pleasure and delight about you when he sees you enter your prosperity. Many people think if I enter my prosperity, oh, God is angry. No, God is happy. Right? 
You know, God, if you don't delight in somebody's prosperity, God does. So when I get my new car, you'll be happy. Because God is smiling. Hey, check my son. I delight in his prosperity. And some people on the earth looking all with funny eyes. I got no problem with you. As long as my father is delighting in my prosperity, you must delight as my father delights. And let me just say this. We must learn. I I spoke to someone yesterday in the morning. And uh, we were saying we must learn to rejoice over each other's victories. We celebrate when, if Sean and Fiona have breakthrough in a particular realm, we all celebrate with them. Breakthrough for one is a breakthrough for all. Amen. We celebrate. And think about this famous verse, Jeremiah. We all know 29.11, Jeremiah 29.11. You know the context of this verse? They were in Babylonian captivity when God gave them this command. They were not in, in natural um, Israel. They were um, about to embark upon 70 years. And look at the context. God says from verse 10, Thus says the Lord, When 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill my good word to you. I will bring you back to this place, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not plans for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, and you will search, and you will pray, and I will listen and find me, when you with all your heart, and I will be found of you, declares the Lord. And listen to this. I will restore your fortunes, your riches, your wealth, your prosperity. I will restore your fortunes, gather you from the nations and the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to this place, etc. Think about it. Eh? God says, God is saying, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans for your welfare, not for your destruction. God's internal disposition to all of us right now. He wants to see us prosper. It's God's desire. Same verse from the NIV on page 10, verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper. God has plans to prosper us. Okay? Plans to prosper. Everyone say prosper. The welfare here or prosper is this word, shalom, shalom. Rest, security, well-being and then a few verses he says with that i'm going to restore your fortunes your wealth and your and your riches and i write here there can be no true prosperity without internal peace and rest the soul needs peace and rest listen carefully there is a worldly expression of financial prosperity that comes along with deep sorrow Hmm? heartache and even a lost soul True divine prosperity brings with it tremendous, deep-seated, internal peace in a prosperous soul. Remember the man who built bigger bonds? God said to him, tonight your soul is required. So not all expressions of prosperity are indicative of a prosperous soul. There's, some people want to get prosperity not from the basis of a prosperous soul. Right? And... For Timothy says they pierce themselves with many sorrows and hurts. For the sons of God in the kingdom of God, our prosperity must be reflective of a soul that is prosperous. Part of that is to have peace within your, within your soul. Internal composure. Peace within the soul. Proverbs 10 verse 22. I love this verse. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. God's blessing will Will, that, will not bring a measure of sorrow, right? Would want to have riches and problems. <laughs> you, you must have riches and peace. Amen. This is God's word to us. Look at Psalm 147 verse 12. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates and he has blessed your sons within you. He makes peace within your borders and he satisfies you with the finest of wheat he sends forth his command to the earth his word runs swiftly love this verse eh? look at verse 12 again verse 13 he's blessed your sons within you he makes peace within your borders the blessing and peace go together the blessing of the lord makes me rich and brings no sorrow with it. 
So that's shalom, shalom. A related word is shalva. Hey? See, with all these nice, I love the, the, the sound of these words for prosperity. Yodu, shalah, shalia, sakal, shalom, shalom, shalva. Hey? Sounds like a new language we're learning. Security also means abundance. Also means peace and quietness. Now, look at an interesting passage, Psalm 122. I sent this to you this morning. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you, Jerusalem. May they prosper who love Jerusalem. Verse 7. May peace be within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. Just stop there. If you think of a palace surrounded by walls, what is the psalmist praying? Peace must be in the walls, prosperity in the palaces. At the center, within the palace, is the idea of prosperity, hedged by the walls and within the walls of peace. Peace always surrounds prosperity, protects it, in a sense. Right? So I really want to encourage you, do not attempt to achieve any level of prosperous breakthrough if it's going to bring you sorrow. Not biblical. Every expression will bring with it tremendous peace. Everyone say, peace within my walls. Prosperity in my palaces. Please learn these catchphrases. I'm learning them. I'm, I'm scarring my mind with it. Making it almost reflexive. Peace within your walls, Barnwell. Prosperity, Barnwell, within your palaces. This is a prayer. Look at the next verse. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. I like this, for the sake of my brothers and my friends. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your good. Now just in case you're thinking this is natural Jerusalem, it's not. It might have been when the psalm was written. But we apply it to the church. Because the new Jerusalem is the church of the firstborn. Revelation 3, 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will not go out from it anymore, and I will write on him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. So the new Jerusalem is the city of God, and the church is the city of the Lord. Revelation 21.2 I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, made ready as a what? As a bride. And who is the bride? We are the bride of Christ, the church. So the reference to Jerusalem here is to us. Now reread the psalm with you in mind. Verse 6. Pray for the peace of the church. Pray for the peace of your brothers and sisters. Pray for the peace of great ministries, Durban Central. And your declaration is this. Great ministries, Durban Central. All you sons. Whoever loves you is going to prosper. Think of the reality of this. Whoever is favorably disposed or inclined towards this house, I decree, will prosper in the name of the Lord. Including you that are seated here. If your position, it says, for the sake of your brothers and your friends, you declare may peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your good. Look at me, everyone. If any of you here seek the good of the sons of the, of the house here, it will go well with you. If you don't do anything that's going to disadvantage the brothers, things will not go well. If you do, if you position yourself and you say, my heart position is for the good of my brothers and my friends. May those who love this new Jerusalem, may they prosper. May they prosper. This is a bold apostolic prophetic declaration. This is more than a prayer. It says, verse 6, pray for the peace. Right? Pray for the shalom, shalom. Right? Look at page 11 quickly. We're going to pray just now. But those eligible to make this decree will be those that sincerely seek the good of the church. It will be those that are committed to the family ideal and ethos of the house. Phrases like brothers are used. It will be those that have an ardent desire to see everyone, not just a few, in the church prosper. I seek the good of my brothers. Amen? 
Tell a few people around you, we're all going to prosper. I don't want anyone not to prosper here. We're all going to prosper. No one is going to prosper at the expense of another. We're all going to prosper together. I want to say this again because I need to imprint it into your mind. Those that seek the good of the new Jerusalem will prosper. If you are positioned to see the house grow, you will prosper. Your prosperity is dependent upon how you are postured to see the house prosper. Remember the phrase in Haggai? As you wrote it there for your further study. Haggai 1. You build your panel houses. How does it say? You build your panel houses and the house of the Lord lies in ruins. Consider your ways and make amends. You, have, you, have, you put your money into pockets with holes. Your prosperity goes from you. Why? God says you are too busy focused with your private things. You're not seeking the good of the house. So your, your, your actual financial prosperity is linked to your attitude towards the corporate temple. This, in our context, for now, this temple, this house. Okay? Hallelujah. This is good. This is a key. Tell me, this is a key. But I can see some of you, by the way you're looking at me, you're not getting this. <laughs> this is a key. I'm giving you keys. Just tell your neighbor, just listen to him. Remember quote of the scripture last week? Believe God, you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. You will prosper. Hmm? And you know, I, I believe it's biblical to pray for prosperity. Some don't, I do. Because the Bible says it. Here in Psalm 122 says pray. And then here in Psalm 118 verse 25. O Lord, do say we beseech thee. O Lord, we beseech thee, send prosperity. That's a good prayer to pray. Send prosperity. But you know what? Your prayer is meaningless, pointless. Your prayer lacks authority if you're not walking obediently in the principles related to prosperity. Nobody, for example, who doesn't give can pray this prayer. Hmm? Look at King Uzziah, Second Chronicles 26. He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding through visions of God, as long as he sought the Lord. God did what? God prospered him. Never not seek God. You know why? The psalmist says, God send prosperity. The Bible says, God made Joseph prosper. Isaiah, Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him. Prosperity is a God-given divine given ability and let me say this as a warning as much and as quickly as god can give it he can stop it in a moment if you think that you got you got it to warn israel in the book of deuteronomy to not say by my own power i've gotten all this wealth the moment you come there god can say i'll take it away tell your neighbor prosperity is a given it's given it's a given experience given dynamic given principle it must be re it must be received. And for us, I believe, we must enter now a season. Listen to me very carefully. I want you to practice this privately in your homes. We'll do it here corporately as well. Enter now a season. That is why, if you go, go on my Facebook profile, examine what I've been writing just for the past three weeks. I've only been writing about this issue. What am I doing? Painting my world with the reality punctuating every time someone sees me, they see a prosperous person. Thoughts of prosperity. I want, I really believe now it's becoming a decree. I'm not just praying, Lord, send prosperity. I am standing to Jerusalem and I'm saying, prosper, may peace be in your walls. May prosperity be in your palaces. May those who love you prosper. I want to seek the good for the sake of my brothers and my friends. Everyone that does good to you will prosper. Tell your neighbor, I become the reason for your prosperity. <laughs> Let me just say this. God says, those, God said to Israel, those who bless you, I bless. Anyone who curses you, I curse. You become the standard for God's decision to either curse or bless other people. So who wants to be blessed? Come on, let me see your hands. 
You want to be blessed? Just bless your brothers in the house. The Bible says, do good to all men, especially to those which are the household of faith. And remember on Friday what I challenged you about? Friday I said, solve a problem. What did, why did Solomon give was granted wisdom? He said, Israel, he said these words, who can govern so great a people? The task is too big for me. Your people are great and mighty people. Who can govern them? Therefore, give therefore thy servant a wise and an understanding God. He asked for something to solve a problem. Not for something for self-indulgence. And if you can just position yourself as a problem solver, you're on your way to become a prosperous person. Amen? Solve someone's problem. Let me challenge you. Maybe before today's up, solve somebody's problem. Meet someone's need. Can be a small, small thing. I mean, little, even something small, whatever it is. Not the, not the major. Do something. Start to do these things. One last word quickly. Then we close. In fact, everything after page 12 we've already done. So I'm going to finish with page 11. Last word that is also translated. This is a very easy word that we're going to pray. It's yatab. Everyone say yatab. It simply means to do good or to go well. Everyone say it goes well with me. Because my father is born well. <laughs> I'm just joking. Listen carefully. Anytime you think, you say, I'm prosperous. Uh, have you ever, we use this as a cliche, not so, when a person asks another, how are you? Oh, it's well. Now you must say it, it's yatab. <laughs> it's Yatab means it's going well with me. Right? It has reference to well-being. Genesis 40, 14. Only keep me in mind when it goes well. Yes, the word. Some versions say when I prosper, going well with you, etc. Please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. This is Joseph's word to the cupbearer. Remember? He told the guy, you're going to be reinstated. Pharaoh's going to give you back your position. Then Joseph said to him, oh, please, don't, don't forget me now. You know, when all these nice, when the things that I prophesied over you come to pass, don't forget they want to prophesy. He's saying to the guy, please remember me when things go well with you. While it was self-sacrificing, because this guy used to taste wine before the king would drink it. The king's cupbearer would like that responsibility. And the reason why you did it was just in case there's poison in any of the king's drinks. Cupbearers in that instance, like Nehemiah was a cupbearer, right? They had to taste the drink before the king drank because the king's life was always being threatened by enemies, etc. So this guy had a very important task. And Joseph says to him, you are going to be restored. And let me just say this to you. While it was a, he lived in the spirit of martyrdom and the possibility of death almost daily, yet he was afforded all the benefits and privileges of the palace while he fulfilled that important function. So he exhibited a quality of life that was above, it was kingly, because he was right with the king. Right? And so Joseph says, I know what kind of life you're going to have when you reinstate. It's going to go very well with you. When you go well, please remember me. You know, it's amazing how prosperity makes people forget. Hey? People have selective memory when they get rich. <laughs> they forgot who was there for them when you were in the doldrums. Right? Don't forget. Okay, I want to focus on that. All I want to say is, everyone say it'll go well with you. Now, going well with you is dependent upon obedience. Listen, and please, I don't want to extend this note by laying out all the scriptures, I've listed them there. Please read all the scriptures from Deuteronomy that I've listed there. But just one in particular. 440 says, this is when they entered the land, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments which I am giving you today, that it might go well with you, with your children after you, that you might live long on the land which the Lord God is giving you for all the time. Everyone say, keep his statutes. What is that? That's obedience. What's the key to things going well with you? Obedience. Simple obedience. Things will go very well with you.
please next time now, now next time uh, Pris, someone asks you oh how's it Pris how are you say now they won't know why you're saying it with such firmness or affirmation you know the study you know don't tell them oh by the way before I answer you yatab the Hebrew means this right? you know all the things in your mind you're saying you're firm it's going very well with me you're firming the reality right um Remember, I, I put a, a note in here. Remember the Shunammite woman whose child had died when, when the prophet's servant was sent, how is, it, how, is it, how is it with you? How is it with your husband? How is it with your child? Three questions. And she, her response is, it is well. It is well. But was it well? Child is dead. But her assertion was, I'm not going to let my reality affect my faith perspective. She said it is well and soon that boy was raised from the dead. She did not say I'm depressed. I'm, 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 I mean the doll drum says it is well. Actually the word well there is shalom shalom. She said it might not look, at it, look like it but I actually am prospering even though my son is dead. Okay, we learned various expressions of prosperity looking at the Greek word in the New Testament and at least five Hebrew words now, right? The primary Greek word in the New Testament is yodu, to prosper along the way, to prosper along your journey, to reach a logically determined outcome, a God-determined outcome, from, from, from instruction to reward, from command to fulfillment of the, to fulfillment of promise. What you need along the way is grace. Your attainment of that is going to be because of your consistent, your consistent or your consistent obedience. We just read now in Psalm 122 that the psalmist praying, pray for the peace of the new Jerusalem and may peace be within your walls. May prosperity be within your palace. May all those who seek your good prosper. May you prosper for the sake of your brothers and all of your friends. May you prosper. 